everyone and welcome to the Nerdy Up North podcast, the Nerdy, Post- po- the Nerdy Podcast, hosted by two Northern nerds. I'm one of your hosts, Sam. I'm the other host, Paul. And today is a special one. I'm really looking forward to today. We've got no news. We're just getting straight into it because I do think this would be lengthy, I believe. I agree, yeah. Like I say, we're both yeah. uh, big fans of what we're going to be dis- dis- discussing. Um, I shouldn't have, but probably did have a lot of basis on our both of our childhoods. <laughs> Massively. And we will get into that because I have uh, it, it, it all stems my 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 child I, I even know the moment where it all started as well and i'll talk about that later but today's top five is top five horror movies but mm-hmm. no slasher films yes and the definition of that was quite difficult to comprehend because when you think of horror films you think of all the different supernatural and different elements and yeah. but when you base it down killer chases the victims with blades or knives then that in my eyes would always be classed as a slasher yep and that's what made this list incredibly difficult <laughs> I have to admit, that was the this, point the, the, the other lists have been hard the toys one was probably the easiest one for me um but this one probably changed more than the others um just because like i say every time you think about one there's a new one mm-hmm. that pops in your head yeah. and you go, oh, and then what do you base it on? Do you base it on the ones that scared you the most, the ones you enjoyed the most, or the ones that you can watch again? So that's uh, a lot of factors. I, I base mine on what I could watch again and what I have watched a million times. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the, like the easy watches where I can go back to, and that's what I based it on, because if I started going into other ones, we could be here all day. <laughs> Because I have not, it's very rare that I find a horror film that I cannot not enjoy. Mm. Um, I, I, I tend to find something out of every one that I've watched recently, even the newest horror films um, that I've tend to enjoy. It's very, yeah. really, it's a very rare thing that I don't enjoy some form of horror. Nick's a bigger, a bigger horror fan than me, but she loves the gory and the nasty, where I'm more psychological and like say, yeah. what you don't show me will scare me more than what you do show me type thing. Mm-hmm. Like I say, that's why I, I think when it comes to like say, other films, like the Saw films, got a bit too much. Was I liked the first one, and the others then was a bit more. Too much. You just yeah. you've just brought you just brought it back to us. I actually saw Saw too with your lady wife. Um, <laughs> it was a Thursday night. We were out in chambers. It okay. was boring. So we went and seen the cinema times and went and caught Saw 2 instead. It was literally about nine o'clock at night. We were so bored. So we just went over to the cinema over the road, found this, um, that bloody Saw 2 was starting. So we all just jumped in there. It was great. I it loved it. It doesn't surprise us at all. Like, say, when we're sitting on a night time, you think there's something to watch. I'll go, oh, what do you fancy watching? She never knows what she wants to watch, but then she'll go, I'll put a horror on. It's like, but we've seen them about 15 times because when it comes to October, that's like oh. our, our month. We mm-hmm. do, uh, like, because a lot of people do, like, like on Halloween, but for the whole of October, we watch a horror film yeah. every night and we'll find, find stuff wherever new, but there's, there's old classics and stuff that we would always go back to. Yeah. Yes. Horror, horror's been massive in my life since I was about eight years old. And it's the one thing that's been cons- like my consistent love. Like, I've, nothing will get out like nothing will overcome these love for superheroes and star wars and stuff like that 
but outside of that, horror is Do you not just think it's a, the same type of aspect though? Because like I say, with the superheroes, it's the heroes with the superpowers, but with mm. it's like kind of like the reverse now. Um, like the horrors are like are the, are the nasties with the powers and people are overturning them. That's why yeah. I always think horror and and super superheroes or even like I say sci-fi and stuff like that go hand in hand because they've always got that type of element. I see what you're trying to do there. <laughs> I see what you're trying to do there. So we're going to get into top five horror films that are non-slashers. Um, do you want to go first? I'll let you because like so I went first last week and this is your right. your jam, shall we say. Okay, okay. So um, I don't really know where to start because there is a few where I'm like, so I think I'll start with this one. Um, it's 2013. Mm-hmm. It is a franchise. Right. Um, this is the starting point of the franchise, directed by James Wan. Right, okay. Let's see where you're the, going. The Conjuring. I absolutely love this universe apart from <laughs> apart from fucking Annabelle. Right. See I love the way they used Annabelle in this. Did you just clap? I did clap, yeah. That is the one bit that really freaks <laughs> out. Absolutely freaks me out. Don't like it. I it, that was the biggest jump scare when I first watched it and the clap behind I was going, yeah. <gasps> I screamed. No, that like it was them little elements in that film that I absolutely loved. But going back to what you said about Annabelle, um, again, I'm not a big fan of the Annabelle films. I know there's people, like say one of my friends, Joe, who absolutely loves Annabelle. She's got the doll and she puts it on her. Uh, um, she's got the actual doll that was made in the film as well, like one of the uh, extra ones. But she puts it on uh, a, a, out of a window each day and moves it. So when people walk past, they get a shock. But, uh, <laughs> that is amazing. It's not that I don't. I, I actually enjoyed the Annabelle. The the is it the? I didn't write this down because I didn't think I'd be talking about it much. It was the 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 origin of Annabelle, where they're in the farmhouse and the little right, girls. Yeah, yeah. I really, I did really enjoy that one. What I don't like about Annabelle is her herself. Right. So the it, the, look the, doll, the, the look of her, and it's not because she. I mean, she's creepy. But the point of Annabelle was that she was a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. That was creepy. Just that in itself, that is fucking mm. terrifying. So that, used that Raggedy Ann doll. If they could have used it, 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 it seems like a big change. But, but why make her look mm. demonic? When it doesn't, it just didn't make any sense to us. I hate the look of her. <laughs> I hate the look even more when I realised that when I, because when I used to have me me little goth stage, I had no eyebrows and used to draw them in, and we looked the same. <laughs> so it's more of a self-reflection of Annabelle that you didn't like. <laughs> exactly. I kept looking no. at her going, "Oh, it's time to grow my eyebrows back in." <laughs> um, but yeah. if the if it was a Raggedy Ann doll, I think it would have had a completely different effect. Yeah. But I absolutely loved the Conjuring. The yeah. it's the real story of the Perrin family, um, and the haunt of their Rhode Island farmhouse. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. It, I, I know people have, didn't like the idea that it was Ed and Lorraine Warren because there's a lot of people not fans of Ed and Lorraine no. Warren. But they, you know, yeah. but they just I see them as characters and mm-hmm. they're like a they're not it's not them it's no, just a character it's, version it's, of them it's like them to the extreme because when you mm-hmm. see photos of the original Ed and Lurie and Warren like say they couldn't 
yeah. in, a, in a fight or in any action scenes, there wouldn't be uh, much use, shall we say. No, they, they really are. Um, they really were punching with like Patrick Wilson playing um, Ed Warren because he ain't a patch on the real version. Yeah. But the I just I just I love I just love the 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 start. I, I enjoyed the Conjuring too, even though I know fine well that the Warrens had very little to do with the <laughs> Enfield haunting. Yeah. But it's still just a part of the universe. It was just a part of the universe, and and you've got the new one coming out in a few. Yeah, weeks. that one looks good. I'm quite interested in that one. I as was well. going to say a few weeks time, but it's not a few months time, isn't it? It's like no, no, it's end of this month. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh wow, I wasn't too far off them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Conjuring. I really, I really enjoy them. It is something I can go back to, and I, I can watch regularly and mm -hmm. still get that spooky feeling from it. I do thoroughly enjoy them, and. With my list, I tried to take from different um, different areas and different time periods of horror, so it's not all clumped together. So this was kind of like my early early horror. And as much as there's other ones I could have picked from, mm -hmm. um, this one just stood out to us more, just because of the amount of times I've actually watched it. Yeah, like, I've got, like, I'll admit, like, nearly got into my top five purely for the same reasons that you've talked about, mm -hmm. but the things that kind of, not let it down, but the things that kind of dragged it out a bit of it was, um, well, as I said, the Annabelle doll was probably more creepy if you used the, the original, but exactly. also the makeup for the witch, I didn't think mm. it looked a bit too cartoony and too special effects. If they used it a little bit more realistic. Yeah. Um, I get yeah. Where they did use insidious a little bit more, where they didn't go as, oh. as rubbery and stuff. That was that that was I was Peter and tottering between the two, but I've only ever seen the first insidious. I've not watched the rest of them. Yeah. Um so that's why I didn't choose it, but I thoroughly do enjoy like I think Patrick Wilson fits into the horror genre perfectly yes. because he's so He's, he's likeable. Straight with it. Yeah, I he's very he likable as well. Uh -huh, he very much is. And uh, Vera, oh, I've got a name. I've I can't say it for me, for me, Jeff. Am I saying that right? I don't know. I'm not going to say it. No, with my accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, she is. I just. I think she is such a a great actress to start with. She was brilliant in uh, Bates Motel. Yes. And I, and I thoroughly and like I like her sister as well. And I really look forward to the nun. Mm -hmm. I was I was really looking forward to that. And I don't know if it was the cinema we were at because it's happened twice to us while I was there. I couldn't see it. Yeah. It I've, was so dark that I yeah. couldn't actually make out. And the only other time it's happened at the same cinema was um with with Solo. Mm -hmm. When it was the dark, I could not make anything out. Mm -hmm. And it's not I mean, my eyesight is terrible, but I can make images out. Yeah. I just I could not see a thing and it really ruined it for us. I, I, that's one of the films I've never like it's very rare I don't finish a film, but the nun I I, I got very bored with earlier on. But Going back to The Conjuring, one of the things I loved about it as well, I know the probably will redo it at, at some point, uh, it had a very Amityville feel to it as well. The whole oh. possessed house and stuff. Um, well, they, the, the, the anime they were at, the, mm -hmm. one of their cases is Amityville. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they, they left it out, because they did, the parent family is, is a real story. And mm. But when I was doing a bit of research today, I generally couldn't find anything that said Ed and Lorraine Warren were there. Mm -hmm. Like, I really couldn't. Like, I looked in the Wikipedia, the, it had their case listings, um, and Amityville was on there, but nothing about this. 
and also the one that the next film's based on. Um, but I, I know what you mean, like obviously the house mm-hmm. element of it, mm-hmm. but Amityville bores the tears. I chose my words carefully there. Bores <sighs> the tears out of us. I'm not really not interested in the supernatural aspects of Amityville. What I'm more interested in is the murders that took place there. Yeah. Like that's interesting, mm-hmm. but not the supernatural part of it. No. it in it it makes it look like a massive farce. But going back to what you said as well about the jump scares and uh, the conjuring that don't overuse it and they use it well. Like the whole clap James, that, James one is very good yeah, at doing that. Yeah, the, the whole clap, like say that like that still scares us now, just like when you watch it. Um but all aspects of uh, like one thing that you you run a risk with when you do films like that when you use a lot of child actors a lot of the child actors can become annoying and like I say you don't really relate to them like I know it sounds horrible no it doesn't it doesn't what the Babadook is a a prime example I get taken out of that film so many times because I want to punch that kid in the face I think that's the premise of the film (laughs) I think that's what I think that's what it's meant to do yeah, but uh, yeah, like I said, The Conjuring is is one of my all time favorite horror films. Like, I would, uh, Nick's not as as loving as as, as me because I think she she gets a bit bored by it. But like I say, it's one I can watch over and I over like, again. I, I like the genre of it and where it fits in within horror. Because if we could talk about slashes, mm-hmm. it's the same kind of thing with Scream. Yeah, but I'm going to save that for another time because that will be oh, coming no. up in another list. And yeah. I think our top five will pretty much uh, might be one or two difference, but I think that would be quite identical. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, so there we go. Number one for me is The Conjuring. Your number one? Yes, I'm going to go a little bit different with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, not many people will see it as a horror film, but to me, um, it was one of the most scariest films I watched as a kid, and I still get scared about by watching it now. Uh, mm-hmm. Roll Dolls, The Witches. Wow, that is not what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought I'd throw you <laughs> a little one. Now, the cast with this back then was brilliant. Like Angelica Houston had had Roald Dahl, uh, not Roald, Rowan Atkinson in as well. Um, yes, as, like, bit parts. And like say, when you think of little kid actors who do get on your nerves, the, the little kid who plays uh, Luke is endearing he's like say he's not annoying at all and it's like his his grandmother is she doesn't in when she's like look look but the whole premise of it like i say that there's these women around the world that hate kids and look to make them disappear in cruel and unusual ways like say that whole the painting jesus that (gasps) that whole painting bit terrified me as a kid I, i would not go near because my nana grandmother had a painting like it on the wall, not the same one, but similar. And I would not go near that painting in case I saw a little person <laughs> who was on there that would sort of age and change and stuff. But it's like say little things like that that terrified us. And when they got changed to the mouse, um, like say, and everything getting changed with, and Angelica Houston was terrifying. And when she took that, um, like the face mask off and you saw the actual face of the Grand Eye Witch. That was, like I said, to me, like I said, I still have nightmares about that. <laughs> she was, she was terrifying. But I secretly wanted to get changed into a mouse. Right. Okay. So you can play his little uh, fun park at the end, I think. <laughs> yes. Because didn't he? Did he not have um, 
the ghost house from Ghostbusters. Or am I yeah, that up? yeah, I did. And the film yeah. had, a, had like a track that went through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, going back to the cast, like um, the Grand High Wists um, Second Command, uh, Jane Horowitz has been in so many iconic British TV shows like Ab Fab and stuff like that. And Little Voice. Uh, She's Little Voice, isn't she? Yes, but she was great in it as well because you always felt a little bit sorry for her and when she turned like, into a, a nice witch, uh, it was always her coming coming to term. But when you even like say, say the witches start poisoning and get around the like, little fat kid, I can't remember his name now. But when you think back, this film was made, let's have a look at the date, it was 1990, so... Um, you think it would have been? I always think about as it being older, like like when the eighties type thing. But no, I was quite not old, but like I say, I was probably around about eight, nine, or ten when I watched this, and it still sticks. Hang on, with I know this. exactly how old you'll be. You would have been nine. Yeah, I've got a date in the year, and I've got a date written down on how old I was at that year for later <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I say, the whole aspects and the premise, like I say, I think it's, I don't know if, because it's probably classed as a kid's film, but I still think it's a horror film, in my, in my opinion. It's a really interesting choice, especially when we, when, when you take Slasher out of a horror genre, which mm-hmm. I, for me takes up nearly about 70% of what I love in horror. Um, that is a really interesting choice. I really like that. Really different. Like, yeah, I told you I thought about these. <laughs> really hard. You have, I've like, I feel like I, I feel like I'm more prepared to do it, but that's that's a lot of that's really good. I like that. Deep cuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's what the thing. Like, see, I, I went for films crossed with what scared us the most and what I've enjoyed the most as well. And that one, like, I watched it. I, I watched the remake as well. Don't bother. It's shite. I'm not uh, gonna watch it. I don't like Anne Hathaway. But that's some of the CGI takes away what some of the practical effects. Again, I think we'll have this discussion a long time ago, uh, say a long time ago, a few podcasts ago, um, regarding, like say, CGI takes you out, out of it a little bit more, where practical, practical effects, effects um, gives you a bit more feels. And when he's changing, for, when, when the fat lad's going, to, I've forgotten his name now, the little chubby kid. Uh, he I know changes, who you mean. It changes to the, the the disgusting mouse and stuff, and you see like the smoke, the steam, and like he's he's having a fit, and it's all puppetry, isn't it? Yeah, and the makeup as well, and Angelica Houston, that's mm-hmm. for the time, yeah, incredible. Do you know who did the makeup? No, I don't. No, I, oh, I don't. let's have a. I'd be surprised Google. if Jim Henson didn't have a thing to do with it, but again, I could be um, wrong. The, the first name that came to my head was because uh, I'm I love um horror makeup and mm. uh, the first person who came to my head was uh, Rick Baker. Possibly, it's just because possibly. of the it's because of the mold around yeah. the front which made us think. But hang on, the witch's makeup artist because I'd be really interested to know who did that makeup artist. Um, oh okay, oh right okay, Nigel Booth. I know that name. Um and Christine Beveridge. I've never heard of her. She was a key makeup artist, but I have heard of Nigel Booth. All right, so Nigel Booth did the prosthetics, mm-hmm. right? And she did the the makeup. All oh, right, okay. Um, sorry, makeup and um, especially in horror movies, fascinates the life out of us. Mm-hmm. Like ever since I remember when we first went to Florida, and you'll know this, the horror 
movie makeup show. Yes. That's in yeah. Universal Studios. They do I the old style, like all the old horror. It's old. Like it's Tom Savini. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yes. It, it's Tom Savini. And ever since I saw that, I was about, first time I went to Florida, I was 15. And I was just obsessed. Like, absolutely obsessed. Like, if I didn't love horror then, I, like, it's certainly, I, I was in love at that yeah. point because it really fascinated the life out of us. And I'm, I've read, like, all of Tom, uh, Tom Savini's books. And, like, and if I can find any articles on Rick Baker, I will, and watch any programs. Yeah. I just, I'm so fascinated by horror m movie makeup. Mm. Like I said, when I went to Florida and saw that, that was good. But there was a TV show, I'm sure it was called Face Off. Yeah, I used to watch uh, that as well. Like see, I think me and Nick we used to watch it uh, when they showed you how to make it. Some of the some of the stuff they used to do was unbelievable. But so, I wouldn't like to be in the prosthetics for too long. <laughs> this is gonna this is this is gonna lead into my main my last one that I'm making my main one because of how how much I love it. But the reason it's not probably the reason I stopped watching it, but it mm -hmm. certainly made us look at them very differently. Is the Westmores? Right, Mackenzie, yes. Mackenzie, Mackenzie Westmore is part of the Westmore dynasty, yeah. who were the My dad artists. was on the show as well, yeah, so. Yeah, he's, he's the nice, they are the nice Westmores, but there are some very bad Westmores, and if you know what I'm referring to, you're going to know what my number one top spot is. Um, but yeah, they, it kind of made me turn my nose up a little bit mm -hmm. at that programme. However, I did start watching it again from the beginning recently. <laughs> I just love it. I really do love it. I am so just fascinated because my hands, whenever they get to do something creative, just turn to mush. Yeah. Like they don't work. I have it in my head that I can do these amazing things. And then when these bad boys get into play, <laughs> it just blows. Everything just goes not the way it's meant to. I am, I can't creatively put things together, but I just, I love when other, just watching people do it. I think yeah. it's so fascinating. Fascinating. No, it's mm -hmm. the same like Ink Master and stuff like that. It's the same type of genre. At like the reality yep. TV I watched show. It. I watched Ink Master fully, <laughs> fully. I watched it right up until the point where it just started. It did start to get a bit repetitive, yeah. and I know that's ridiculous because it's the same concept throughout. But I just, I felt the critics and everything was just a bit. Mm -hmm. Oh, see, I've heard this last week, or I heard this last <laughs> series. I'm just getting a bit sick. No but problem. Dave Navarro is hot, so <laughs> the reason why I stayed, uh, stayed involved in it. <laughs> so we'll move on nicely to your number two. <laughs> Well, okay, so my number two is going to go with the fact that we've just been talking about practical effects. This mm -hmm. had a lot of practical effects in it. Um, 1982. Right, okay. Directed by the amazing Tove Hooper, if I'm saying that right. Mm -hmm. Poltergeist. Right, very nice. Story, story by Steven Spielberg. Starring... Yeah. It's, yes, <laughs> it's the stories by Steven Spielberg. I looked it up. Why did you hesitate me there? No, I didn't. You kind of went, mm. no, no, I was just saying, my man, not his, I was just saying, uh, carry on, they're here. Oh my god, why <laughs> I cannot hear you probably then. <laughs> Make so sure I'm coming through loud and proud. <laughs> <laughs> so it's starring Craig T. Nelson, Joe Beth Williams, Heather O'Rourke, Dominic mm -hmm. Dunn, um, and the little boy is Oliver Robbins. Mm -hmm. It is one of the best, see, the best. 80s films for me. I just absolutely adore this film so mm -hmm. much. And probably more just because of the the story's great. The story's fantastic. Yeah. It's spooky. It's mm -hmm. scary. It's got all the practical, everything's done practically. 
Yeah. Even from the room, the bed spinning, everything mm -hmm. is practical effects. That tree is all practical. Yeah. And the fact that it's also got a curse next to it. Like, <laughs> what more can you ask for in a movie? It has everything, everything in there. It's probably one, one of the, like, other than The Exorcist, one of the films that has been lampooned, shall we say, so much. I think The Simpsons done it, Family Guy's done it. Um, like I say, I think everyone's took a reference of, of this film. I'm going to go a bit controversial here. I did love this film, but I enjoyed Family Guy's too more. Never seen it. I thought, because it had the, the whole preacher guy with it. He was yeah, more, well, that he was, was really quite freaky. That's actually on um, my notes as well, because obviously you kind of talk about, um, you can't talk about Paul Guy's without talking about the curse, and the curse really is yeah. around, obviously, the uh, major deaths yeah. that took place. So you've got Heather O'Rourke, who died at the age of 12 yeah. by being um, wrongly diagnosed. I can't remember what it was, but she was wrongly diagnosed, and it ended up, where you saw, if you watch Paul Guy's 3, she was heavily on steroids at the time, and that face mm -hmm. all... Mm -hmm. um, puffed out and she was just she was so poorly she died shortly after that but also the um the murder of Dominique Dunn mm -hmm. the Dominique was murdered by her ex-partner um right. outside of her house he they'd split up he was a very possessive person um the split up apparently came to say goodbye to her took her out the house and strangled her on her front doorstep and actually there's um another actor Miguel I think it'd be surname. I didn't even write it down either. I didn't I didn't take note of it. He was in the house at the time and he thought they were having a struggle and yeah. went to go and ring the police and then he screamed for her and said that he's dead. But I read it and because she is the daughter of um Dominic Dunn. Right. Um her brother is oh my god, Griffin <laughs> Griffin Dunn. Yeah. From um, American Werewolf in Paris. Mm -hmm. Right. Um and that film never that, that film never was never made. There was no American werewolf in Paris. It didn't happen. What was it called? No, no, it did happen, but it, it's that bad. It didn't happen. <laughs> the American werewolf in London was a brilliant film, but the second one was not good. <laughs> can you can you remember my 18th birthday? Can you remember? Oh, well, you, you're going back nearly 20 years now, so. <laughs> On my 18th birthday, there's about nearly 18 of us piled into my room. And ended up watching that American Werewolf in London. Mm -hmm. That's what we ended up watching because we, it was freezing outside. <laughs> That's what I did on my 18th birthday. <laughs> Is that the one when I, I spewed out your window? That was my 19th. That was, I remember that one. Yeah, that was my 19th. I'm going to apologise to your mum the next day. That wasn't a good one. <laughs> that is so funny. Um, but no, so I read a really interesting article from her dad, um, mm -hmm. Dominic Dunn. And it was it was his side of everything, and it was it was so sad and but quite uplifting, mm. like how he was able to continue on. Like she was she was so important to him. Mm -hmm. Like she she had his name. Yeah. And it was just so sad. Um, but there's also the other two cast members who died in Poltergeist too, which one of them was the the preacher guy yeah. and um. I'd, see, I've never seen Poltergeist two. I'm I'm very funny when it comes to sequels, mm -hmm. and like I've never seen Exorcist two. Even though I've heard it's absolutely brilliant, I've no, never seen it. I, I think I, there's a. I, I'm trying to remember the Exorcist two. I can't remember. I remember the third one. Um, 
because apparently there was a serial killer in it. I think was that right, or was that? Was, no, that's the first one. That's the first one. So right. when she's been examined, um, when she's been examined yes, that, in the room, that was it. Sorry, the yeah. guy who's examiner and is, is a serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember. But um, no, like say going back to the poltergeist, like absolutely brilliant. Like the cast was great, and it's interesting when you say about the curses because, like I said, you don't really hear many other. Well, any normal films like like a Disney film being cursed and stuff, it's always around no. about like a horror film well, or something yeah. that's supernatural where there's these curses. I know there's like say bad things that do happen, but you always hear about these curses that come. I think it's a good ploy to get people to get it's interested. Definitely, in the films. It's definitely, exactly. I mean, the, the fact that they used real skeletons as yes. props, like <laughs> that's fantastic, but yeah. it has some of the best lines in there. Craig T. Nelson, when he absolutely chose the scenery over you you left you took the headstones but you never took the bodies is one of the greatest scenes ever i actually recorded so i anytime i watch it so i can just re-watch that because he screams why at the end and it's so good <laughs> i love it so much but poltergeist is my number three i've got to snap my nail while we're talking <laughs> that was number two Oh, is it number two? Do you know why? Because it's on my list as number three. Sorry. <laughs> so, number two. <laughs> Sorry, I'll keep you right. I'll keep you right. Thank Don't you. Worry. You're so, number two. Um, a film I watched last night, so you'll probably already know about it. I put pictures up of what I was watching. Um, I, can't remember, I can't remember what I did this afternoon, man. <laughs> uh, 13 Ghosts. Oh, wow. Right. Now, you have to, a, you'll have to remind us of the story because I feel like I have seen it, but a very long time ago. It is a very cheesy film at times, but... The whole premise, I think, is really good. I think I was talking about people the other day. If they made a TV show out of a horror film, this would be perfect for a TV show. Because right. based on, like, say, the, the 12... Um, I'm trying to think of the, the right words now. It's like, not... Uh, it's, uh, you know, the 12 different symbols of the Black Zodiac? Oh, That's the yeah. one. The Black Zodiac. Right. So that like the juggernaut, the jackal, uh, like the, the princess, the and and the, the withered lover and stuff. And basically this all this rich, it's always the rich megalomaniac, has this uh <laughs> idea of how to like build this machine to take over the world. It's called uh, the Oculus, where it's basically it's called like Hell's uh, Hell's Eye. And you let them see in the anything that's happened in the past, anything that's happened in the future. And basically, mm -hmm. um, he's trapping these ghosts and moving them into this house that's made of like glass. It's got curses all over it. And when the capture, like at the start, the capturing the last ghost that they need, it's the juggernaut, the big fuck off monster that's just like was a serial killer and the like before. But they make a joke of it, saying, "Oh, he, I thought he only killed nine people." When I and there's a uh, but. What what the sensing is the, the he's got about fifty bodies here, and he and he says no that's that's the numbers he killed when he's alive these are the ones he's taken after he's died, um Matthew Matthew Lillard's in it from Scream fame and he's playing a psychic who he thought his performance in Scream was good he's absolutely amazing in this he, like say if you touch him he he can get all your history and stuff and all your pain and he's very eccentric and. But he doesn't know why Cyrus is capturing these ghosts. And when they capture the big one, Cyrus is killed. 
and then right. his house is given to his uh, his nephew, um, Arthur, who's played by the guy who used to be in Monk. You remember the TV show Monk? Oh, like, like, see, it was like a, a detective cop show on, in the 90s, and my dad used to love it. Uh, <laughs> but he's basically um, given this house with his kids because he's lost his wife like, mm-hmm. tragically a few, month, uh, a few months earlier. And he's basically, and they go in this house, and it's absolutely beautiful. Like I say, a glass house, everything you could ever wish for. It's like everything amazing. But um, every so often, one of the ghosts gets released. Now, oh, and the I, ghosts you know are absolutely horrific. Do, do, and it's got I, uh, Shannon Elizabeth out of the American Pie in as well. Yeah, I think I've seen the. I, but, yeah. Like I say, it's got a big cheesy ending where it's like, oh, uh, hero saves the day and stuff like that. But it's fun. It's it's like a haunted it's a haunted house film. That's the thing. Like if you went to like say if you went to Florida during the Halloween horror night, you went on one of the mazes. This this would be what what that film is. It's basically every turn is a different thing. Now, it's not what I would class as a brilliant film or the best film. It's just what I would class as entertaining, and you That's can watch it and never get bored. Exactly, and this is this is why we have conversations like this because it's mm-hmm. it's how it's how a film makes you feel. Yeah. not how you think you should enjoy it because that's what the reviews have mm-hmm. said you should enjoy yes. it and i am a, a, a dickhead for always checking <laughs> rotten tomatoes every time i watch a film i always check the rotten tomatoes scores mm-hmm. it does not it does not even impair on my thought process when it comes down to the film i've just watched but i always go to see what the score is <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. Yeah. I Nick do is the same. Like she always, but she like once then if it's a bad review, she'll always want to watch it just to, to she see how bad it is. Telling tell her that, she, that it's, it's, she'll not enjoy it. One of my picks is actually twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Okay. And but to be fair, don't, most horror films don't score that highly anyway, do they? When it comes down to it. No, unless it's um, Oscar-winning one with Get Out, which I didn't put on my list, even though I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I didn't put it on my list because I've only ever watched it once and I don't feel like I can talk about so something I've only seen, seen like, yeah. because I have a terrible memory and have to watch <laughs> this is why I watch things over and over again for but I I do believe I've watched 13 Ghosts but probably in my early 20s yes so no no I, I, that's one of the, probably the reasons I like it as well because it reminds us of when I'm watching it and mm-hmm. teen, like not in my teenage when I was a little bit older but going to the pictures seeing it with my yeah. friends and it, it, I wouldn't say it's scary, but it's entertaining. That's the thing. But yeah. like, say the effects they use with the ghost as well. A lot of the makeup is, as you said, practical effects, and it's done to a degree where it's done really well. Um, and the whole idea of like you can't see the ghost all around us, but there's these specks that we can put on, and mm-hmm. then you see them. So anyone who's wearing these specks can see these ghosts, or the, like, say they're passing the glasses around each other and stuff. Um, but it's just like say. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It's got like a likability factor to the film as well. You can't help but like it. Yeah, it's a good. I mean, Matthew Lillard's like. Yes. It doesn't matter what he does. I just thoroughly enjoy watching him. He's such a, mm-hmm. a he's such a character actor. Like mm-hmm. he proper gets into it. Like from like he's he's a standout star in Scream for me. Yes. Like, Scream is nothing if Matthew Lillard's not in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in what was it? Oh, she's all that. He is hilarious for me. He's hilarious in that, but he's really um. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not like a character actor. Like 
trying mm. to think of a film. I loved them in, uh, was, was it Dead Man on Campus, where one of the... No, so Matthew Lillard's not in there. It's, sure. no, it's, it's, um, it's him from Scary Movie. The one where, there's another one as well where he's in a similar type of film. I mean, maybe thinking of it wrong, but I'll find out for you. I'll see what it's called. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I say, in this, he is absolutely brilliant. Like I say, every, his mannerisms, um, like I say, he does a big speech about him being a, being a, a bit of a freak as well. Um, and uh, as you know, with your scream, when he gets emotional, spit and everything flies out. <laughs> it's always entertaining to watch, but uh, I can still you know remember in, it. Do you know he's in Scream 2? He's in Scream 2? Yeah, like right. for a second. So he was, um, he was with Nev Campbell. Yeah. They were filming Scream 2, and he was on set one day, and there is a, bun there is a scene where... She's, I think she's on a balcony, and you can see a bunch of students walking below her. Mm -hmm. He's one of the students, right? Yeah. He's actually just like a walking, walking person across the screen, and I thought that was so uh, clever. I've watched hundreds of documentaries on screen. <laughs> I just love it. It is, and because it's a slasher, I couldn't put it in here. <laughs> no, it's. I can say, to be honest, if it was a slasher ones. I think when we do do because like I say we can't have this this podcast no. and not talk about like say, the screams and stuff. I think we, oh, like I say, our top five are going to be pretty much going to be the same. Like Halloween's going to be in there. But the, exactly, screen, and this is this is why <laughs> you've got to you've got to change you've got to change it up a bit. You've got to do like yes, a slasher, but there's got to be some particular element that you take out of it. So a certain film would be taken out of the equation, and it's trying to be clever enough to think of those things. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to Dead Man on Campus, me and Anne's always go, your brain, Buckley. Your brain. Just love that line. <laughs> it's such a good film. I don't watch it enough. It is really funny. <laughs> are we ready to move on? Yes. It's your, your turn, young lady. Uh, what are we up to? Three? Is this three? three? This is three. Right, okay. So number three, I'm going to go with the one that I kind of hesitate, I didn't quite hesitate on putting it in the list, but I thought if we did another list that was an all vampire one, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to put it in there. So, but then I thought it's still one of my favorites. It's 1987, it's Lost Boys. Right, so I've got Is that it, one in my list as well. Oh, have you really? <laughs> okay, so we can have a bit of a, a proper chat about it. So, yes, um, I did not know this. Well, I did obviously know this, but I totally forgot that Joel Schumacher died last year. Did I? No, I, I totally can't remember, forgot. but yeah. June but, last year, totally forgot that he, he died last year. How could you not well, love this film? It had everything. It had, like say, teenage angst. It had uh, romance. It had uh, Kiefer Sutherland as a really cool vampire that you, everyone wanted to be. <laughs> the best mullet going. Yep. Um, yeah, I think some of the like, some of the best things were in that film. Like, see, I, even was it a nook, nook the dog? I absolutely adored the dog. The dog. Oh, he's because he's a um, he's an Alaskan Malamute. It was like when me and Anne first got together, we were always like, we're going to get a dog, and it's going to be the nook from Lost Boys. And now that we've got two cats, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you can always get a white cat next and call it Nook. <laughs> Oh, hey, if I, if 
Beatrice, my girl cat, wasn't the biggest bitch walking <laughs> um, when it comes to other cats because Baxter's been home how eight years now? Yeah. She's still not forgiven us for him being home. <laughs> so if honestly, if she wasn't the way she was with other cats, I, we would have I would have a house full. We just we love having cats in the house, but Beatrice just makes it so difficult. So no I was rumours that scared of other cats, so that's why when we got Salem, we had a re home after two weeks because she just wouldn't come out from under the bed. Oh, she's so the most timidest cat you'll ever meet, but she's lovely. She that is one thing, nobody else. <laughs> but that is one thing we've not mentioned on here. We are actually related through yes, cats. cats, yes, through cats. Ruby and Baxter are brother and sister, mm-hmm. and when we went to go and see Baxter, um, when I first um, because it was Nick, God thank for Nick, if she didn't text us to say that Rachel lost me number and I've given you her your number, I wouldn't have had Baxter. Mm-hmm. So it was Nicole who saved the day and give Rachel my number so I could go and pick the cat up. Um, but we went to go and visit and my mum came with us and Ruby, who, she wasn't Ruby, she was Penny. Yeah, that was the original name. Um, uh-huh. But Nick decided to change it after about a week, I think. Because <laughs> I remember um, telling us that's that's Nicole's um, cat Penny, and my mum just fell in love with her. Just because mm. she was taught, she was the only tortoiseshell one there. I yeah. Absolutely fell in love with her. <laughs> but yeah, we're totally getting off the topic of yes, um, lost, lost boys. boys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It had to happen one time where cats came into it. <laughs> True. Couldn't, we've had, we've had uh, like I said, this is episode five now, isn't it? So yeah, I've been cat free since, so it's been all right. But yeah, lost boys. Um, I remember. I can't remember. That's like normally when I, when, I, when it's a film like say I, I love. I can remember when I first watched it, but I can't remember the first time I watched Lost Boys. I can just remember it, always watching it. Yeah, that's that's the same here. But I do remember the first time I introduced it to my nephews. Right. So my youngest nephew, who turned sixteen on Thursday, he mm-hmm. loves horror. So he likes he likes my kind of horror. He likes the slashes. My oh, my middle nephew, he likes more supernatural, so he loves all that. Like, he watches a lot of ghosty stuff. Yeah. Um, my my eldest nephew, he was like twenty two, mm-hmm. doesn't get in, doesn't get as much involved with, as the other two do. But I remember sitting down with the other two and watching Lost Boys, and Luke just loved it. Like tw- I, I, Taylor didn't wasn't really that interested, but t- but Luke just absolutely loved it. And just watching his face, yeah, watching it. For the first time, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I wish I, could <laughs> I wish I could remember when I actually saw it. Mm-hmm. But I had the I had the great pleasure of meeting half the cast in 2019. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I got to meet Jason Patrick, who was incredibly shy. <laughs> For somebody who was sat in a signing table, incredibly shy. Alex Winter, who was a proper chatty, chatty Nancy. He was lovely. Um, uh, the guy who played the saxophone, Tim Capello, who's the I've already said it on here before, <laughs> nicest guy in the world, just so lovely. One of the Frog Brothers, mm-hmm. um, Jameson Cond. I, I've actually scratched his name out for some reason because apparently I didn't think it was that important to have it on my list. <laughs> um, you listening? I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, he was he was lovely. I think he does a podcast. Um, and. I was with Carolyn's brother and he he was chatting away. They were just really chatty, nice mm. people. Didn't make the, the, the whole thing uncomfortable. Yeah. Kiefer obviously had a private <laughs> private section, which I did not pay for, but Carolyn did. 
actually got to go and do the photograph and then they did like a big group photograph with everyone there it was it was lovely it was um just reminds us why i absolutely loved the film in the first place um but there are there were a few people who weren't there obviously um cory Hume, which is just incredibly sad um cory feldman was not there and i believe that is due to the difficulty difficulties of cory feldman in conventions apparently he's not the easiest person to um get into conventions is he the, has he not got like a travel ban or something <laughs> it would not surprise me would not surprise me um but all the living lost boys were there um and then obviously you got Diane Weist. Is it Weist? Is it Weist or Weist? I don't know. Diane Weist. But um, going back to, like I say, that I would love to, like I say, I think, I don't know if I would like to meet Keith's son. I would like to get something signed by him, of course, but mm -hmm. I'd be terrified if he was an arsehole just simply because, like, the films he was in when my childhood would yeah. just destroy, like, you would kill. I would not be able to watch films like Stand By Me again. Otherwise, uh, that would like, just have uh, flatliners as well. Um, just it would break us if he was it wasn't yeah. what I hoped him to be. But going back to the actual film, Lost Boys, this was probably the first film that the soundtrack had an impact <gasps> on us as well. Because I, totally I love music. Don't get us wrong. I, I am a big music. Like say, music's a big part of like mm -hmm. my life. But I wasn't really that bothered about it when I was younger. It was more the films. And when I heard the soundtrack to Lost Boys, like like the doors and stuff like that, and just that term, dum, 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 dum. <laughs> just, like I say, it gives you goosebumps. Because it's the first time I, I, I thought I could hear a soundtrack and I would know the film's going to come on. Yeah. Yeah still believe like that is on my and Anne's playlist because it is such a good fucking song like it proper like it I, it sounds ridiculous but when I hear it I feel like hot summer I feel like hot summer day because mm -hmm. that's how I, I can picture when it's playing on the film like it's it's the end of the night it's like I can't describe it without sounding weird the way I'm I'm describe it. It, it feels like the 80s like if you want to describe like anything to do with the 80s it was hair metal rock um like <laughs> um sorry um but like say long mullets uh leather jackets uh, <laughs> earrings <laughs> a little bit of guy liner as well but, definitely but like yeah it's like it is necessarily the story's basic it's basically good versus evil but when well, i was younger i was a bit stupid I, I didn't get the twist I didn't guess the twist. I normally I can guess the twists now. It's called The Lost Boys. It's based yeah. on um, J.M. Barry's Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. like, that's where the premise of it comes from, which is why I always thought it was a brilliant take mm -hmm. on the actual um, The Lost Boys. And oh, I just, I love it. I, I want to live in Santa Carla. Even though it's America, I don't care. I, the world. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It just looks like a lot of fun. Very much so. But isn't is Santa Carla? This is what I couldn't find out. Is Santa Carla a real place? It's not, is it? Because it was filmed in Santa Cruz, and Santa Cruz, the 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 hierarchy in Santa Cruz said you, you're not using the name. We're not being known as the capital, the murder capital 
of California, that's not happening. So I think they had to change the name to Santa Carla, but I could not sure. confirm that when if I was anyone's doing me. Listening to this and knows the answer, please put please. it in the comments. That would be quite interesting to know that. So yeah. I'm sure I read somewhere before that Santa Cruz said you're not having you're not using our name. You can film there, which they did. But I don't know. I don't know if Santa Carla's real or not. Right. And I actually have like loads of question marks next to it on my notepad just in case you knew. No, I don't. I, no, I, I, I never heard that before. So that'll be quite interesting. Maybe if, yeah, like, if anyone when we, knows. When we said on the Facebook group, like, places, like imaginary places you want to go, go to Santa Carla. Because mm -hmm. apparently, I don't think it's real. Right. Um, but I don't know America that well, too. <laughs> No. Or California because it's absolutely California is yeah, huge. Cal the state so of California is just massive. Massive amount. Yeah. Well, if right. any Americans listen, please let us know. Please let us know. <laughs> please let us silly silly UK fuck no. <laughs> um. So do you want to go on? Uh, so what? Where, where yeah, we now? We'll, we'll say that's our joint third. But like I say, I'll just go into my fourth and you. Okay. So, um, because I'm leaving one till last because I think we're going to have a bit of an argument over it. <laughs> I've got my last one and it's just because of the the information I have around it is is interesting to talk about so go for it so I'm gonna go with the next one this one I put in it was a toss-up between two very similar type of films but I went with this one because it scared us the most mm -hmm. that was the, the original Blair Witch Project <gasps> I don't have it on my list but I totally get it because totally get it at the time I was at college when this came out it was um the date 1999 it um, was our first year of college because we were not friends then. Sorry. We came, we came <laughs> friends. No, we came friends in our second year of college. I saw it in college, but yeah. I was not friends with all of you. We made friends in our second year of college. Uh, was that when I was not about with uh, Brewster and Bungle and that? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fed, and then, uh, we, then we met in the, it was the second year that we, we all met. Yeah. Um, but I saw it with the people I was knocking around with at the time. And uh, yeah, so it was the first to year me, of college. Everything that, that was involved with this film was absolutely brilliant. It was the first time where they used marketing this way, where they made it feel like everything was real. Like the start, yeah. the marketing must have been a year before it actually there was talk of the film coming out. They had and websites they did set it, up. They, they took all. They had no information on the actors or actress in there, so you couldn't. No. It's not like today where you would find out Wikipedia mm -hmm. and IMDb. There was nothing like that. Yeah. We knew nothing about these people. There was websites set up for like missing and missing posters yes. yeah, of them yeah. as well. Fantastic marketing campaign. It yeah. was brilliant. Yeah, I remember because like I say, we're going on the college computers. Me and a few of my friends were obsessed with just reading information and saying, mm -hmm. what the fuck is this? What, is this really happening? Like, like this can it be real? Then when mm -hmm. you saw the first trailer and you thought, okay, this looks it, like it could be interesting skin. It doesn't really give much away. It's you normally see the the main character, what was she called? Heather. 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 Because mm -hmm. um, they actually used the actors' real names. Heather. Heather Donahue. Well. Heather Donahue. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at the camera and you see the bogey dropping out and stuff like. I know they they, they took the piss out in them certain films as well afterwards. But I can't remember what she had for breakfast, but you can remember Heather or Donahue. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like then when you then because I, I remember I went uh, the old well I say the old it was uh, the Bolden Cinema and right next to where I live now um it just opened so like I say or not wow. that long um was it Virgin as well can you not remember the Virgin bit in yes, where it had all I had the, the Virgin uh, mega store inside because you yes. had a lot of uh, DVDs when I was there as well 
That's um, how I yeah, found out. That's Virgin, how yes. Me Megastore or something? Yes, it was the Virgin Megastore. That's how we found out Lord of the Rings was coming out. Right. We saw um, promotional promotional posters behind the um, behind one of the counters, and we went, "Oh, what's that?" And they were like, "Oh, it's um, the trailers hasn't even hit yet, but we've getting all the promotional stuff for it." Brings it out, and it's the it's the ring mm -hmm. with just the date on the bottom. I would have done anything just to snatch it out <laughs> of their hands. I really would, have. but that's how we found out Lord of the Rings was coming to cinema. It was a good day. Um, I do remember Golden when it first opened. But I, I still remember, I think if people watch The Blair Witch now, they'll probably get a similar reaction to probably what I did. I know you're going to hear this. When I watched The Exorcist, a little bit disappointing. But to me, when you're sitting in the cinema, pitch black, after the whole campaign you went through, you were on the edge of your seat. You were just thinking, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then when they were getting lost and things like, they were getting on each other's nerves and they were getting on our nerves when we were watching as well because the yeah. actors were fucking annoying. <laughs> they didn't really do it, they did very, very much that. all the, the horror tropes that uh, that he, he screams in, Why would you do that? Don't do that. Um, Heather was thing. infuriating. Some of her decision making was just, and the way she whined, <laughs> it just was annoying. But and then um, when uh, when was it Michael or was it Joshua who kicked the map? He said, "Oh, when were, this went a little bit insane." He said, "Oh, where's the map?" Or oh, I kicked away because it was useless. You just you, you felt get yourself getting angry at it as well, raging and, at it. And when they found the house at the end, it left you with more questions and answers it give you. And it, like when you see him in the corner, is he is he dead? Is he possessed? Is what's happening? And you see the little kids' handprints all over the house as well. Everything was. Um, Quite what? disturbing. Yeah, when the window house, I don't know if it was made out well, but like I say, it looked like there was handprints all over the house. Wow, I didn't even pick up on that. I was just when we got when you get to that bit, I'm all just like, what? What's he looking at? Mm -hmm. What's happened to him? I was before that bit when he got in that room when he when she was going up the stairs along the stairs. Oh, it looked I... like to me, I might be wrong, but that's no, what no, I it like it was handprints up the wall. Uh -huh. Oh my god! No, I never. Um, I only watched. I... I watched it when it came out in the cinema, mm -hmm. and I've only watched it possibly a couple of times afterwards because it isn't really a film that you can like, like the Conjuring way you can just stick on and. No, just no, because you've because there's so many little aspects, and when mm -hmm. you see like the little little tree people as well, they start appearing all over the place, and then you yeah. try and spot them. Like say the bits in the tents when you're hearing noises and stuff, again it scares you. It's like you think, God, oh, it's just like little things, but again. It's the not known aspects that guys. Now, because I mentioned at the start, there was two similar type of films I was going to put in this one because the other one I love, but the kind of spot that were all the sequels was Paranormal Activity. Again, first person shooting where you just see what 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 the people see as so, well. So that's that. This is what I, this is the reason I didn't put handheld films in handheld camera films into it because I thought that was a list in its own mm -hmm. because me and Anth absolutely love the handheld camera aspect of horror so mm -hmm. we love VHS yeah and we we really enjoyed the, the only one we didn't like of Poltergeist, uh, Poltergeist Paranormal Activity was the um with the I think it was five four might have been four didn't thoroughly enjoy that one but the rest of them we really liked especially when it was all connected to the sisters when yeah. we weren't connected with the sisters we weren't really that bothered mm -hmm. um but we love handheld footage 
yeah. films. Like so, found footage type. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm scenario. trying to say. Yeah. Like, like Cloverfield. Yes. So, and stuff. Yeah. So I just thought that was a category in its own. That's why I didn't put anything because I would have put VHS in there because that is absolutely terrifying and it's an anthology and we love yes. anthology films too. So it was like mm -hmm. everything we love was in there. Mm -hmm. And but I didn't put it in because I thought it, it was like a list of it in itself. <laughs> so you're trying to edit yourself to like say that's what um that's a good way of looking at it because like I say there's plenty of material we can't talk about. Like I say probably go on hours and hours. But yeah, um like I said that was my choice out of the, the two of them just because of the non-slasher aspect. But the Blair Witch, Jesus, that if you're thinking about how to make the most from doing as little as possible. They absolutely smash that. Isn't it still, I might be wrong, is it still the most profitable film that's being made? Because with how much it costs to make it to how much it pulls through the thing. And imagine so. It definitely. It's just, it was genius. Like for the time, like now it's not like, you couldn't get away with it now. No. But back at the time, it was yeah. just genius, perfect marketing. And the, the fact that they never interviewed the actresses and actors, it's only been in the last few years that you've actually had them come out, Heather especially, come mm. out and do interviews about the film. Yeah. They didn't even talk about it afterwards for a long period of time. Oh. And I actually thoroughly enjoyed um, Book of Shadows, the Blair Witch. Book yeah, Shadows, and, but... and the, the most recent one I enjoyed as well, even though it went a little bit crazy towards the end. Um, I've not watched yeah. it, but just for what, it, for what it was, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Yes, so that's my number four. That is cool. So my number four, there's number four, yeah? Yep. Well, it's number four on my list. Um, so this was brought up, not this film, but it was brought up in group in the group chat last night. And mm -hmm. I said, I'll tell you my thoughts on it. It's <laughs> right. 2005, Rob Zombie's Devil's Rejects. Ooh. It's not House of Thousand Corpses because no. that film makes no sense. No. Um, but it is Devil's Reject, which does make a lot of sense. Yeah, I absolutely, I can go back to this film and watch it. I could watch it every day and think nothing of it. <laughs> and it's mainly, the, I mean, the story I find's good. It does follow on from House of a Thousand Corpses, but literally just the end part. Like, yeah. the idea of House of a Thousand Corpses is very much Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. It's just one fucked up house. Yeah. And they end up getting caught out. And then at the end, at the beginning of Devil's Rejects, they're on the run from the police because they come and raid the house. Yeah. Regardless of all the Dr. Satan shit that mm. took place in House of a Thousand Corpses, they, 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 they're on the run. Um, but they made and, it more human rather than... Yeah, and more, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Doc, the Dr. Satan aspect of House of a Thousand Corpses just complete. I can watch the first 20 minutes of that up until where they get in the house mm -hmm. and Sherry Moon does that little dance routine and then that's it. I could turn <laughs> it off and think nothing of it. Because um, I just don't, I don't get the Doctor Satan part. It yeah. doesn't even continue on in Devil's Rejects or even the third one, mm -hmm. which is um, which came out two thousand nineteen. Which again, mm -hmm. I didn't mind it, but it didn't have the same feel as the Devil's Rejects. Yeah. The acting in this is oh, Bill Mosley is amazing. Mm -hmm. This is a this it, is to be fair. What it, I can understand you saying, but do you not think it's Bill Mosley being Bill Mosley a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. A little bit. It, do you know what it is? It's Chop Top tuned down to a thousand. He's taken Chop Top and just tuned him down. Mm. And he's he's got Otis absolutely spot on yeah. to where he's, he is absolutely terrifying. Oh, he's sinister as fuck. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I'd, I'd, I think I'd, that's what I said in the post last night when I mentioned the House of a Thousand Corpses. I love the characters like Captain Spaulding. Great 
but that's what I was going to get into next was yeah. Satyric. Um, but the premise of the film, I, I, I can get it to a certain point, then it gets utterly ridiculous. It and does. I think Rob Zombie does that quite a lot with yeah. his films. Well, definitely. Look at Lord Devil's Wit Rejects, and again, it it doesn't like. It's kind of like he's someone's kind of telling them to stop a little bit, so he's kind of reined himself in, and it works mm-hmm. beautifully. He's so good. Um, Sid Haig, amazing. Oh, mm-hmm. sad day when Sid Haig died. Um, he was meant to be it for the love of horror in 2019 when we were there, and obviously mm-hmm. he passed away just beforehand, and what they did was they kept his booth with his picture next to Bill and just an empty chair and a condolence book. Mm-hmm. And they, it was lovely. They still included him, even though he was gone. They did a package video for him and we all had a minute silence. Yeah. And just that, like, the, the, that feeling of sadness just went across that convention in that minute silence. It was, it's bizarre having a full place just go, zoom. Like nothing. Doesn't happen that often, type thing. It doesn't, but Sid was brilliant. Captain Spaulding is one of, if not the best horror mm-hmm. characters there is. Some of his the movies, look, the, the look, look is unbelievable. Spot on. The way he talks, how fast he can talk. His comebacks are brilliant. He just he doesn't miss a beat. He is brilliant. Um, Sherry Moon Zombie. I do like Sherry in this film. <laughs> I just like Sherry because in, of who she of, is. Of, exactly. But mm-hmm. I do like Sherry in general as an act, as a person, as well as an actress. Um, I wasn't too... I think I wasn't too bothered about um, Baby Firefly in the first one, in House and yeah. Thousand Corpses. But she was, she was on the level of sadistic as Captain Spaulding and, and Bill mm-hmm. Mo- and um, Otis. There was no... There was no different... Like, she wasn't... She wasn't playing catch up with them at all. If not, she could be ten times worse than what they are. Yeah, you know what it reminds us of the first, like say, probably not the full film, but the first first half of From Dust Till Dawn. Devil's Rejects felt like that up I until guess. like the vampires come in, but the whole aspect of like say the the family on the run and and stuff yeah. and the violence and. And stuff, everything come out, but like I say, it just felt like Quentin Tarantino's character in that, but amped up like all yeah. to, with all three was done. And uh, just going back to Captain Spaulding, sorry, I was um, looking for a picture because uh, one of my good friends, you'll know him on the group, Leighton. Um, yes. Yes. Uh-huh. He he got dressed up. I'm just trying to find the picture, and he just did the best Captain Spaulding's picture. So, seeing if you can pick that up. Oh my god! <laughs> so hopefully Lytton's watching this. So, so there's a picture of him on the podcast. Oh, Lytton, that is classic. I'm sure I saw it. And yeah. um, he's the the look is just iconic. The mm-hmm. the when he shouts at the kid in the car <laughs> is just brilliant. But when you go when the acting in this is is spot on. There's not one person in it who's dragging their heels, and the one person who I'd wish I, and as much as I love the original actress. I wish she was in the first one is Leslie Easterbrook as uh, Mama Firefly. She took mm-hmm. over from Karen Black. She this the um the monologue she does in the prison when she's 
taunting the policeman who she knows that like his brother's been killed by them and mm -hmm. she's taunting them is so brilliant it gives us chills just listening to her go off on one even when she gets slapped in the face she still spits back at him and just she's nothing scares her i just mm -hmm. apart I, I love leslie Easterbrook was fantastic karen black was really good and um, mm -hmm. but she just didn't hold the sadistic side that what yeah. leslie did and ken forey's in this as well mm -hmm. um yeah. dawn of the dead ken yeah. forey who's um sid higgs brother i think he was captain spaulding's brother he worked in the um the brothel right yeah it was cool but yeah tutti fucking fruity absolutely <laughs> love this fucking film good joke, good joke. <laughs> so that's so, my number four no problem so with us having won the same, we're going to yes, move on to my last pick and we're going to get into this fight because I'll argue every day that this is a horror film. Ding, uh, ding, ding. I'm ready. So the one and the only, the original Alien film. The fucking sci-fi. It's not a sci-fi. Just because it's based in space mm. doesn't make it a sci-fi film. If you t think about it as a, as a horror film, and in general, it's got one, one, one monster that's looking after trying to chase the cast and they're hiding and um just because if you set that on earth or in any type of haunted house it would be the same premise of any other scary film if you have to use that as horror film then even you are questioning what you're no, seeing i think alien it, uh, the way i would argue aliens is a action sci-fi film the sequel because it's more action yeah, Alien is. is more slow out, it's drawn out, there's so much tension built up in it, and like say with the whole Ash as the conniving cyborg in the background. Um, he was a bit I, of a dick, wasn't he? I think, like say, if, you, if you've done like say an X-Files show or like say a Supernatural episode where you had a monster of the week, where each person's going in different, like say if you were in a haunted house and going yeah. into a different room, and then other people would disappear and dying off. Mm -hmm. And that face, and like I say, the face hugger and everything, that's terrifying. You can't tell me that's not scary. Uh, yeah. I'm not backing down from the fact that it's a sci-fi film. I'm not, but I do get where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. I actually have a full-size face hugger, but he's not in here. He's in room, <laughs> hanging up on the wall. Yeah, I, I really do love the shit out of Alien, but I do class it as sci-fi i'm sorry i don't oh. class it as horror but i do i do get where you're coming from i didn't i when i said i would argue with you earlier and i didn't <laughs> mean i was going to really argue with you because i can see your point of view mm -hmm. but it's still it's in space would you class the, event would you class event horizon as, as sci-fi or horror horror it's it's sci-fi it's a sci-fi <laughs> fucking film I mean, it's, it's just because it's in space, space. But the whole like because they're going into hell the hell dimension so, I just reminded myself of Event Horizon, uh, and I really fucking like that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> there is when I was younger, it's Event Horizon only came out is when I was older when I started enjoying it. I but, really love it. Yeah, but um, the big no, where he turns inside out, man. Uh, <laughs> I always, I, I know it's a completely different film, but I always think of Event Horizon as being a little bit like Hellraiser as well, and uh, aspects of it being. Um, like say the I really don't. I really don't like Hellraiser. Uh, I really I, I can't don't. Watch it. It's not. It's it's one of them uncomfortable watches. And I it makes it. no goddamn sense. 
It really doesn't. Fancy with that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just if someone would want to if someone would nicely explain to me what's going on, then I'll listen. But I can watch that film a million times and still not have a fucking clue what I'm watching, apart from um what's his name? He what's his name? No, Clive Barber wrote it. Clive Barber wrote it. Oh, um, Doug Bradley. Doug Bradley, yes. I would have been ashamed. Do you know what? I actually have an autographed picture in my bedroom of Doug Bradley. Remember Michael Dixon? Uh, he used to be obsessed with Doug Bradley. Like He would like stop him to the point. <laughs> he knew where he was going to be like at certain things. But yeah, he used to be obsessed with Doug Bradley for some reason. He always, always used to talk about him. Weird. I have quite a lot of Clive Barber's books and they are so hard to read. And Hellraiser is just as confusing as they are but that's beside the point we are talking about but i say when you think about it as well it was probably one of the first films that casts in a a, like in because if it was like say as a as you said an action or a Mm sci-fi the female lead isn't really wasn't really to be done like the female that's true star the female survivor um would you class her as a final girl and a screen queen not a scream queen, but I would class her as a final girl because, to be honest, she, she's not being killed off, actually. <laughs> and like, true. say, the rest of the crew, uh, her and Jonesy made it out. Uh, Jonesy! I love the cat, Jonesy. Yeah, Jonesy. but like, I like the whole premise of it as well. Like, this is why I had problems with the, the sequels that came out. Not not so much Aliens and Aliens 3, but the no, whole... No, I really enjoyed them. There's nothing wrong with them. But the whole alien versus predator and stuff because the whole premise of the of the aliens films was mm-hmm. you didn't want the alien to get at earth because if they got on earth, got to earth then it would cause death and destruction and probably the end of the world and then when they turn around the alien versus predator and all aliens have been here all along it just pissed us off so much i don't think they should ever have meshed the two together predator is a, a great film i can quote that until the sun comes up um, and Alien is, I, I think I think they should just be kept separately. What I do love about Alien is the noise that she makes when she opens her mouth. It just, yeah. I absolutely love it. I, I don't know why that noise gives us like chills. I love hearing it. And I think because like Beatrice can do it very yeah. soon. <laughs> when, yeah. Beatrice sees a, when Beatrice sees birds, she does like a clicky noise. Yeah. It sounds like that. But what spoiled that bit for me was Family Guy when when the, the spoofed it and was getting oh here's my little mouth coming out now and kind of like made you like made a joke of it but no baseballs did it great though <laughs> yes. hello my baby hello my darling <laughs> but the whole premise like if, like even the design of the aliens um who was the designer again was a guy again that was a guy again yeah it was yeah like say the whole like fluidity and like say the organics of it and like even the mechanics of it as well um it's done in. just everything was beautiful like say even to the design when popped out the, the the belly as well i know like say we were at the age where we knew what was going to happen a little bit things like that was spoiled for us because um it's been out a few years exactly for space balls and stuff but to, to be honest it's still i would say it scares us when you think of like it's an a beast that cannot be stopped. Like if you chop it up, it bleeds acid on you. The oh, I know. The only one bit that really knocks us about that scene is the other female who's on the in the crew, mm-hmm. and she goes, "Oh God!" And it just really irritates us. Do you know who she is? So she 
she's the little girl from the birds. Really? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She really irritates me in that bit where she goes, oh gosh. It's one of them films that, like, even if you didn't class it as a horror, I, I would just class it as a fucking good film. It's, I would always recommend anyone to watch it if you haven't seen it. It's, uh, it, like I say, it's got perfect acting, scary. And, in it, man. Come on. Yeah. But yeah, like I say, that's my top top five. Okay, so my last one is a little mm-hmm. bit different, a little bit different. It is from 1954. Mm-hmm. It right. is part of the Universal Classic Monsters. Yeah. But it'll not be who you think. At least I don't know who you think who it is. Um, it's a creature from the Black Lagoon. Lagoon. Oh. I only so I only watched this um 2018, mm-hmm. I think. And it was when I was I went through a phase of watching. I, I hadn't seen any of the original. Like I hadn't seen Frankenstein, yeah. hadn't seen Dracula or Werewolf, and I went through the whole collection of um the Universal horror monsters. Mm-hmm. I Dracula is very dated and but Bella Lugosi is like fantastic but it was just I, I'm sick of hearing the Dracula I was going to say you've right seen now. so many versions yeah. of Dracula through the years like say from like say the Bella Lugosi to Christopher Lee um, to Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman. <laughs> I'm like I'm sick to, I'm, I am sick, at this point I'm sick of it Frankenstein really upset us like right. r- really upset us um, because they create this person mm-hmm. and there's any the, and they just know what he's doing and he doesn't have a you know any concept of where he's at and his little assistant starts beating the shit out of him yeah. to the point where he loses his temper because obviously he's just trying to get him away and then mm-hmm. the whole bit with the kid comes up and then he goes into the and i was so upset that it, it just wasn't his fault mm. so that really upset us and then i watched creature of the black lagoon and like a lot of people who I follow on Instagram, like this is one of their favorites mm-hmm. um, and a very collectible item as well. And I thought, yeah. how is it? And Paul, I'm not going to lie. It's from the 50s and I was still fucking terrified. There is one scene in there where they capture him and he's on the boat mm-hmm. and they've got him in, they've got him in water, but they've got a cage over the top of him. And all you can yeah. see is his eyes on the bottom. So water here and you can see his eyes here. Mm-hmm. Like he's top of his head and his eyes and yeah. the body going down, but it, it they're just moving around and he is just still sitting mm-hmm. in that. It's so intense. Yeah, it was so intense to watch it because you're like, what's he gonna do? Like he's in water, like he's he's absolutely like he can breathe and everything. Yeah. So is he gonna? It doesn't move at all. No, it's one of the classic blink. suits as well. Like I say, when you think of like all the different big monsters, like I say, there was the werewolf, the Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, like I said, and Creature of the Black Lagoon. Like I said, that that, that was an iconic outfit. And all again, calling back to people that we've spoke to recently, uh, Tom Richardson on the uh, mm-hmm. Facebook, one of Nick's oldest friends, and he's canny lad. He absolutely mm-hmm. adores all the old films, like, mm-hmm. uh, like like the big Frankenstein ones. And he talk, he could talk talk to you for hours about them and stuff like that. He's got like say collectors and stuff like that, but. That would be right up his street, like you said, yeah. the creature of the black lagoon. So the the reason I put this one is it obviously I really I just enjoyed every moment of it. It was so gripping. Like Julie Adams um is just absolutely stunning in this, but also 
again makeup and practical effects so mm -hmm. the the gilman suit there's two of them there's obviously the underwater one where it's lightweight and but can still it still wasn't going to drown the actor who's in it and then there's obviously the, the heavy set one that's used on land mm -hmm. where you can see all the detail in it but the molding of it all now if you're listening to this in itunes and spotify you're going to see air quotes was done by bud westmore right that was the claim bud westmore did the makeup sculpture of gilman and for years that's what everybody believed up until 2018 maybe 2019 a writer called oh my god why can't i think of any mallory mallory, mallory omara brought out a book called the Lady from the Black Lagoon, Hollywood Monsters, and the Lost Legacy of Millicent Patrick. Mm -hmm. And it was in that book that she told the story of Millicent Patrick, who actually did the molding and the concept art for Gilman. Mm -hmm. And Bud Westmore, being the jealous little dickhead that he was, took full credit for it. Kicked her off the scene. And according to every, she just went into obscurity until Mallory bought her book out. Right. It is absolutely fantastic. This woman is, she used to live on um, the, the Hearst Ranch, the Hearst Mansions. Mm -hmm. um, oh, like, oh, I can't think of his name. I wish I wrote all these names down because it would have been easier. Um, but she just had such a fascinating life and she went into like um, animation and then she went into makeup and she did, she did, what you see, Gilman, mm -hmm. that is all her. Uh, yeah. And she went on press tours and she was the one who was selling. If you go online, you'll see her with pictures, mm -hmm. all dressed up to the nines, and she's got a Gilman had, head in front of her. Um, but this is probably and, before all the different effects that we use now. They're probably like saving yeah, lighter stuff. Oh, so that would have been all heavy and like, yeah. like probably leather and like really hard rubber and stuff like that. She did, and she did it herself. Obviously, she had a team, but it was her. It was her work. Bud Westmore is a, was a very jealous man, and he was one of the pettiest out of all of the Westmores. Mm -hmm. um, and they go into great detail of how petty Bud Westmore actually was. Um, and he eventually said to the studio, because of the Westmore name, he was able to say to the studio, you get rid of her, and you put me in her place, or we'll pull every Westmore out of the film. He was that influential yeah. that he could use his name to pull out and he did and mm -hmm. he took full credit for it he he's awful awful man but the book i can't recommend the book enough i'm showing to the camera it is the lady from the black lagoon hollywood monsters and lost legacy of millicent patrick written by mallory omara it is a phenomenal book really good and it's so good because the writer mallory and millicent have so many similar Mm -hmm. similarities and there's so and she finds herself finding out that she has a, so much more in common than what she, without than what she actually thought and it's also how she got the information it's yeah. not easy to find out about a person who didn't want you to know they existed yeah and like it, say, it must be really so hard good. especially like say it's quite relevant with everything that's going on today with all the me too movement like all the women being yeah. taken advantage of all pushed to one side and not getting the credit that they probably were due mm -hmm. So, yeah. like I say, it's, it's, it's horrible that probably she's never going to get that notoriety, but... Oh, never. She would be like in her hundreds now, man. She's, yeah. she's very much long gone, but it's, 
it's not what she it's not as it's not good enough but at mm. least it's something yeah. like at least mallory bought her like i am um, where did i hear from i think it was actually tom savini i heard it from i watched um because tom savini is very happy for people to come into his horror makeup um school and have you record and there is a um, youtube video from the grim life collective on mm. youtube really good channel um, and they went to Tom's school and his home. God, mm-hmm. Tom is very inviting. Like you can mm-hmm. come on in and have a look. And his collection is unreal. And he was the one who mentioned it. He went, he had a picture of Millicent and mm-hmm. the Gilman, and he went, boot coming out about her. Watch out for it to prove that she actually did it. And it was just it, it's such good, so good. And it really helped, not helped because I didn't think it needed the help, but it just cemented. Yeah. love that I had for the film in the first place. <laughs> oh, good. Really, it's, it's, it's one of the left field that I probably wasn't expecting, but like say, mm-hmm. you can't beat the classics when it comes to like no. basic scares and doing it right. It doesn't matter how old it is. Mm-hmm. Scary is scary. That's exactly. why like certain films like these days, like a, a big one that I'll mention that I enjoyed, and I think a lot of people do enjoy, um, but there's aspects of it that totally took it away was like dragging me to hell. There was aspects where that could have been a brilliant scary film, but didn't. Have I mentioned this on? Have I mentioned? I've mentioned this on here before, where I said I won't watch that film because of the 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 cat. The cat, yeah, the cat yeah. murder. Well, we'll not watch that film. No. I do have a few honorary mentions, and I just want to quickly go through them. I know we've been going for a while. Um, one that I actually thought that you would have on your list, which is why I did not put it on mine. <laughs> And also, it is something I believe could be in a list of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, trick or treat. Yep, but I uh, would class that as a slasher, in a way, because there's a pump. I think not it a has, monster, but he's running around with a knife, killing yeah, people. Yeah, but it has too many. It has too it's, many it's other elements, elements in it. It's, yeah, it's, it's anthology, isn't it? It's like because yes. it's different it stories within one. So, in, so that's why yeah. I like it a lot. Um, people under the stairs. I, abs- I, I don't enjoy that film. Says. I don't what? enjoy it. It's scary. It's it's it's, it's that so scary. Good. I don't like it. It's, oh, I absolutely yeah. love people under the stairs. Um, which board? Which I'm not just bringing up because um, Linda, the actress who played Linda, passed away yesterday. Um, generally, like I used to watch this constantly as a kid. Constantly, it was like my friend around the corner who who lived down the street from us. She had it, and we used to watch it all the time. Um, and the the one that started it all, the one the the horror film that scared the absolute living shit out of us that I could not sleep in my own bedroom. It's the reason I don't like dolls and I don't own any dolls as a kid. Fucking Dolly Dearest, <laughs> that bitch can go and fuck right off. I do not like dolls because of her. She scared me, and the reason I'm I know I knew I was eight years old when it started because it came out in '91, and we got it pretty much straight away. Yeah, there's a few films I left off. Well, one, because like I had a discussion with Nick about it because I couldn't really class it as a film because it's a mini series, the original mm-hmm. uh, It, because it was a two-part mini. Yeah, yeah, and then I didn't put it in because I felt it it fell in the same category or the same the same time of horror as the conjuring it's like mm. now horror yeah so i did oh, no, i'm talking about the original it with oh, uh, right. the, the yeah, mini series is, was tim curry a, 
Oh, see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have picked you to pieces if you had done because I do enjoy, I do really like it. Because it's not technically a film; it's like say, it was a two-part miniseries when it original came out. Um, others I left off, which potentially could have hit. Like I said, because I, I chose Lost Boys over Interview with the Vampire. I know it's slushy and girly, but I still enjoy it. I really enjoyed it. it was, it's one of my it, the book as well. Um, I kept it off the list because it's a vampire. Mm-hmm. And we could possibly do a vampire list. <laughs> I did, but the book um, is one of my favourite books. I'm I'm a person who reads a lot of biographies. Like I love a biography, and fiction is something I, I very rarely read. But Anne Rice's interview with the vampire is um, is one of my favourites. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much um, the same as the film. However, there is a few things in it that are a bit different. Yeah, so that's our top five um, non-slasher horror films. I hope hope you either agree, disagree, think we're talking shite. Tell us, let us know. It's Tell us, let us is. know. Exactly. Remember to like, share and subscribe on YouTube and also come and follow us on Spotify and iTunes. Yes, so like I said, this was um, came a little bit early this week, this week just because, um, like I said, work commitments and all them front-end games. So we'll have to think of another top five for the next week but like i say it's it's really getting like i say it's starting to be more enjoyable and loving the feedback a lot of nice friendly people telling us that they're enjoying us which i uh, never thought would happen but <laughs> <laughs> it's always good good to yeah. hear so and yes and thank you to everyone i know i said i put a post up earlier today just thanking everyone on the um the facebook community page it, thank you it's just not enough for what you of like for sticking around and the conversations that we're all having and proving that there's no toxicity in, there's no need for toxicity in nerdom and fandoms. And you guys just prove it every time by the, you know, how respectful you are for each other. And I love it. Thank you. Yeah, like I said, nerds, it's just a word, but like I say, anyone that you, anything that you love, like passionate about, it's, it's all open to conversation. It's just having them conversations and finding like-minded people who, who enjoy that type of thing, like me and Sam are perfectly fitted for. But um, yes, so not to get too mushy, we'll leave you on that and uh, speak to you again next week. No, do you want to do your your proper (laughs) closing? Come on, you've got to keep it consistent. True. Sean always takes the piss out of us for it. Same bat time, same bat channel. There you go. (laughs) Thanks very much for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Ta-da!